And now, the Asheville Museum of Science presents 7-Minute Science, powered by the 828.com. Hello, it is another episode of 7-Minute Science, a podcast for the curious. Every episode, we aim to answer those science questions you may have wondered about and we are not afraid to ask. And we try to do it in seven minutes or less, or it's free. I'm Ken from the 828.com. And I'm Corey with the Asheville Museum of Science. 7-Minute Science is a great way to learn something new while you're riding your bike, stuck in traffic, or in need of some good conversation starters. So thank you for joining us as we get ready to learn something new today. All right, feast your brains on this. You know, the holidays are here and everybody's busy getting those favorite family recipes together. So on this edition of 7-Minute Science, we're going to dig deep to explore what's going on inside our bodies after a giant holiday feast, specifically why many of us need to take a quick nap after that big old giant meal. So we've enlisted the help of an expert to navigate the world of the holiday post-meal comatose with us. Dr. Amy Lanou is Chair and Professor of Health and Wellness at the University of North Carolina Asheville. She received her BS in Nutrition Science from the University at Davis and her PhD in Human Nutrition from the University where her research focused on body weight regulation and the control of food intake. Dr. Lanou teaches classes in nutrition, food politics and nutrition policy, and health communication, among others. Dr. Lanou, thank you so much for joining us today on 7-Minute Science. It's my pleasure to be here. You sound like the perfect person to help us out. Corey and I are going to pepper you with questions, trying to learn as much as we can in seven minutes. And then after that time, we're going to do our best to recap what we've learned. And if all goes to plan, we'll be able to understand why we feel so drowsy after a big holiday meal. All right, are we ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go ahead and start the clock. Is this after-holiday meal drowsiness a real thing? Absolutely. Um, Each time we eat, we start a cascade of actions and reactions in the body, and the larger and richer the meal, the bigger that cascade of body responses. Um, Many of these are urging us to slow down for digestive purposes. So are there specific foods, because I've always found in myself the combination of turkey and wine (laughs) set those uh, systems in motion to slowing me down, or would this happen with anything? Are there specific foods that are going to make me sleepy faster? Generally, foods that that are high in sugars and high in fat. So richer foods, which is what we're often consuming at a holiday meal, will push those reactions a little bit faster. But I think the alcohol is a major piece that you just mentioned there that so many of us don't think about. We think, oh, it's the turkey. Well, what about that glass of wine? Or what about the Irish coffee you started with in the morning? Or those kinds of things. So we know alcohol makes us sleepy. All of us already understand that. But that combination with the big meal, I think, is part of, is part of the picture. Irish coffee at breakfast. I want to come to Doc Lillard's house for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I like the way you're thinking. So you're saying that extra glass of wine and that big old slice of pumpkin pie at the end of the meal is going to tip me over the edge. Well, really, it's so many things. You know, it's 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 the overfulness. I think is one of the major contributors. But honestly, every single time we eat, there's um, actions that are happening in the body that turn the attention towards digestion and away from movement, away from active action, right? So we have stretch receptors and a hormonal stretch receptors in the stomach and a hormonal response to the presence of food in the stomach. Um, Blood flow is shunted from um, brain and extremities to core. So we've got a shift in from sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic nervous system, which is the slow um, maintenance, repair, 
Um, the other thing that people, I think, don't think about is every time we eat, and the bigger the meal and the richer the meal, the more this happens, we get um, a, a reaction called thermogenesis. And basically, this is heat generating, thermogenesis, heat generating. It's heat that's generated through the processes of digestion and absorption and metabolism of nutrients that warms us up. It's literally heat loss from the body. It's an inefficiency of our body's ability, but that's what makes you feel so sort of warm and cozy. I don't know if you've ever been like in a movie theater and it's freezing cold and you eat some popcorn, you're like, oh, okay, I'm fine now. That's the thermogenesis. Your body's warming up from the action, literally from the action of eating. So that combination of being, um, having blood flow redirected to the stomach, the warming up, the shift of nervous system to the calm nervous system rather than the active nervous system, all of those things point you in the direction of wanting to hit the couch. What hormones are released in our body after we eat a huge meal? So you've mentioned a little bit about hormones being released. So we've heard a lot about insulin, serotonin, melatonin. Do these have an effect on us? Absolutely. And they're part of this cascade reaction. So there's a hormone gastrin in the stomach that is released when uh, just by the presence of food and that gets other um, enzymes going. Then there's another one. There's several others at the level of the small intestine. One of these is enterogastrone, which um, helps to regulate that, that shift in blood flow. As soon as um, carbohydrate or sugars, glucose get into the bloodstream, we get an insulin response. That insulin response also is turning the body towards storing nutrients rather than using them. It's also true that with an insulin response, we um, take up more tryptophan, which is a particular amino acid into the brain, which a lot of people, this is the association between turkey and sleepiness, Mm -hmm. is that um, tryptophan is an amino acid that gets uh, made into serotonin or used to make serotonin. Serotonin is um, not only is a mood calming and um, helps regulate sleep, but it's also important for regulating digestion. And so the presence of insulin, the presence of tryptophan increases the production of serotonin, which it has that calming, sleeping and sleepiness and digestive effect. Now I say that and it's actually tryptophan comes in any protein rich food. It's not specific to turkey. Turkey does have um, a higher level of tryptophan than some other foods, but spinach does too. So do so does milk. I mean, there's a lot of foods that have that. It so. seems like turkey's getting a bad rap. Everybody always wants to blame the turkey, right? No <laughs> yeah, one's ever like blamed spinach to, for anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and if you if you happen to be a vegetarian and you don't have turkey at the meal, you're still going to have that sleepy response. That's good to know. They probably blame it on the alcohol. That's so. <laughs> and which leads me to this question, and I'm afraid, Dr. Lanou, you're going to tell me not to eat Sadag on much and not to drink Sadag on much, <laughs> but are there any hacks? Are there any way that I can keep from feeling so drowsy after the holiday meal? Do, do I take a couple quick laps around the block right before I sit down and eat? Is there anything I can do, any magic pill I can take before I, I chow down? There's a couple of things other than the ones you mentioned, which okay. I think are important, the not overeating and the managing the alcohol consumption. One is show up, at, arrive at that meal rested. Arrive at your Thanksgiving meal rested. Get a good night's sleep the night before. So many of us are already have pushed ourselves really hard. We've driven somewhere. We stayed up late baking pies, whatever it was. So arrive at that meal rested. The other one is um, move. Plan to move immediately after your meal. You Mm -hmm. can move through that sleepy period. Take a walk with your friends or your family. Go play out, you know, go play 
kick the can or whatever with the kids, whatever it is to keep yourself, even get involved with the doing the dishes, like be, being active for that first half an hour after the meal will help slow, it'll help redirect some of the blood flow out. It also um, helps bring um, glucose into the cells without the action of insulin. Um, movement just brings the, helps to bring the glucose in anyways. So Really, redirecting can help quite a bit. Um, so I would say those two things. Show up rested and um, plan to do something other than sit on the couch after the meal. Very good advice. So we've been talking about this post-meal drowsiness as if it's a bad thing. But is there a purpose to this drowsiness? Does it help us digest? And, you know, is it okay to take a nap afterwards? <laughs> um, yes. I mean, all of those the, the, all those cascade reactions are designed to get us to slow down for digestion. I mean, you look at traditional Chinese medicine or um, Ayurvedic medicine, and everything about healthy eating has to do with giving your body the appropriate um, sort of setting for doing digestion well. So sleep, maybe not so much, um, although we do do a lot of our um, muscular, uh, our muscle repair and our cellular repair while we're sleeping. In terms of digestion, um, being still, being in a calm atmosphere, um, especially while you're eating, those are particularly good things in terms of digestive balance. So um, if you could, uh, can be restful, um, but wait until your stomach empties to go to sleep, that would be the ideal. Uh, it's also fine. I mean, in, uh, it's also fine to move, but move and, um, you know, walking would probably be better than playing football right, right after the meal. So some movement that helps kind of just slow that process. But I think one of the things that we're experiencing when we overeat is actually a, 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 like a literal physical discomfort of having too much food in the stomach. And that really keeps you from wanting to feel like moving um, because you're just like, ah, that's uncomfortable. Um, and that's a problem. We shouldn't probably be eating to the point where it hurts. So it sounds like there's a happy medium. Don't scarf up everything on your plate and be a sloth, but don't get up and run a marathon. Right. Maybe right. a maybe a, a brisk walk yes. or just a walk through <laughs> yes. the neighborhood. It's, it sounds like might I mean, be a good go, recommendation. Yeah, even going outside where it's cold will help turn some of the attention externally to, you know, kind of wake wake you up a little bit too. So I could do that. Just yeah. go stand outside <laughs> for a few minutes. Now, what I don't understand is because I've definitely been in that situation where I'm so uncomfortable that I can't move. And I wonder why am I doing this to myself? But I also wonder how can we continue to eat after we've, feel full? Like, what does our brain do to convince ourselves, oh, I think I could stuff one more piece of pie down? Yeah. Well, we call that the dessert compartment. It's like it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, its own special stomach, right? Right. But I, it's, I think it's, um, honestly, I think we have learned to override our um, satiety and discomfort cues in order to allow or give into the desire for one more taste or the desire to make dad who only makes that pie once a year happy by having a bite of it, like there's social cues and behavioral reasons that we are able to do that. What's happening in the gut, um, one of the neat things about the stomach is no matter how much you put in there, um, food empties out from it at a fairly regular rate. So in a half an hour, you're going to have, you know, half an hour from the um, end of the last meal, you're going to actually have a little bit of room for another bite or two. Um, like literal physical room because of the um, food emptying into the small intestine and beginning the digestive process. But I don't think it's a hormonal 
specifically a hormonal response that says, ah, pie, you've got to have that now. Um, the best thing to do would be to wait an hour so that there really is actually room for the pie. You see, that's part of the holidays because people have food out all the time. Yeah. Right. You got the candy and the nuts and the cheeses. And so when as soon as I do have a little bit of space, I'm filling it right back <laughs> up. Yeah. And you can you can literally feel that when there's enough room for another bite if you pay attention. But I think mostly we don't pay attention. Do you, so sometimes when we eat or in my family, when we eat, a holiday meal earlier in the day and, and I eat too much and yeah. I get a little tired. Uh, then later on in that evening, I am very hungry. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with how far I've stretched my stomach? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's an interesting question. I don't think a, a, a single stretch is going to reset <laughs> okay. your stomach. However, that theory um, is debunked. <laughs> however, one of the things that's really interesting is our, um, I think our eating patterns are, do tend to be habitual, and we have these things called circadian rhythms, which are um, in part related to melatonin production and serotonin production. And shifting, you know, if, we, if you normally eat at 1 and 7, um, and on Thanksgiving you eat at 4, that messes mm-hmm. up your um, – it's, it, it's sort of like jet lag, right? If you um, go to another country that's got a five-hour time delay or a five-hour time ahead, you're hungry at the wrong times. Well, same thing is happening when you have that a big meal at a time that you wouldn't even normally eat. So your body is going to be like, wait a minute, it's time to eat when your regular eating time is kind of no matter what. So get that turkey in the oven at one forty-five in the morning so lunch can be on the <laughs> table right. straight up at noon. <laughs> All right, what do you or think? go ahead and have it at dinner time. Yeah, and exactly. then you're fine to go to sleep after, right? Oh, perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> after well, you've gone to stand outside for a few minutes yes. and cool down. <laughs> I think I'm Watch ready to tackle the holiday uh, a vengeance and feel good and comfortable afterwards. What do you think? Let's feast our way through this, Corey. Uh, Dr. Lanou, we are going to restate what you have just taught us. Uh, feel free to correct us when necessary. Okay. <laughs> this one feels a little complicated, so we might need your help a little bit. So let's, let's just start with um, the fact that when we're eating uh, these holiday meals, we're ingesting a lot of uh, particularly fat and sugar, and it seems to me that that has kind of a hormonal effect on, um, and that hormone then kicks us into the you say sympathetic nerve system, and and we start parasympathetic. Paras, paras, can you repeat that for me? Parasympathetic. Parasympathetic, um, and we start to calm down and get a little hot, and uh, start to feel full. Yeah, and it's not just the size of the meal, but the components of that meal. Like Corey said, we've we've got more of the pies, the sweet potato casserole. It's the sugary. Foods and in addition to the alcohol, everybody wants to blame the lean meat turkey. It's not just the turkey. No, right? it's not. It's not just uh, the turkey. So we get that full feeling. Parasympathetic nervous system starts uh, kicking in, and then thermogenesis, where our bodies actually start warming up and kind of uh, like a big comfy internal blanket mm-hmm. of sorts. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if your uncle Bob wants you really to eat that piece of pie, the best thing to do if you're already full is just wait an hour or two because your stomach will empty a little bit. You'll have a little bit of space, and you can go ahead and eat that piece of pie. But continue to stay moving because if you stay moving, you can kind of fight that drowsiness. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Or cool yourself down. Go stand outside, but don't try to do too much, or you're just gonna increase the discomfort more than likely if you're already stuffed to the gills. Correct? Yes. Yes. Um, right. And also, and just try not to eat and drink so much. Is that basically 
It's kind is of, that basically what we have? What the takeaway is from this? <laughs> I, I was worried that it would come to this, Corey. <laughs> I mean, either try not to eat or drink so much, or just give in to letting your body do the work that it needs to do to digest that to digest that meal. I mean, there's even even the like most hardcore. Um, healthy eating docs say it's not what you do on Thanksgiving and your birthday that that is matters really. What matters is what you do the other 360 whatever is left days a year, right? Well, let's see. If I take out Thanksgiving and my birthday, New Year's Eve, uh-huh. <laughs> Christmas Day, so down to three yeah, three hundred sixty yeah, maybe. Fourth of yeah. July, give or, yeah, give, <laughs> give or take somewhere in the three fifties. But I, but I get what you're saying. But in in truth, I mean, when I think about nutrition, our and I think about the ways it's like our bodies have are made of cells and those cells are bathed with whatever we breathe, eat, drink. And so what's that environment? We think about, you know, sort of taking good care of the external environment. But what about taking good care of the internal environment? And if you take good care of the internal environment almost all of the days of the year and just say, you know what, I'm going to eat pie on um, or have a little bit too much or whatever it is on a couple of days a year – that's not going to have a major effect on your cells. So I do want you all to enjoy your Thanksgivings. And um, so don't feel like I'm saying don't eat anything or don't enjoy that meal because honestly what matters is what you're doing today and the day after Thanksgiving a whole lot more than what you do on Thanksgiving. Well, we appreciate the information, and I think uh, this will just make our holiday meals that much more enjoyable so I don't feel like – so overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I feel like we've got some good takeaways from this that I, th- that I, I can put into practice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dr. Amy Lanou, so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for all the practical advice, and thank you all for listening to 7-Minute Science. Hope you learned something you can use at your holiday table as well. We'll see you soon again with 7-Minute Science from Asheville Museum of Science, powered by the 828.com.